Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, when I was a student in Paris, oh, now about 20 years ago, there was a friend of mine lived a couple doors down. He was a Vietnamese priest, oh, probably in his mid-50s at the time. And he was an exile. He'd come over, like me, when he was a young man in his 20s, to study theology, preparing for the priesthood. And while he was in Paris, far away from home, his home country went through all these political and cultural shifts. And, of course, it became powerfully anti-Catholic. As a result, he was not allowed to return home. Here he is in his 20s, preparing for priesthood, hoping to return to his country, minister there. But he couldn't. He was stuck there in France. And when I knew him, it had been, oh, 25, 30 years since those events. His parents had died. He couldn't go to their funerals, of course. His brothers and sisters had married, had kids. He never met his nieces and nephews. Exiled, unable to return home. He was a good man, a happy man. He took care of the Vietnamese community in Paris. But I would see him from time to time and be struck by this deep and abiding sadness in him. I used to muse occasionally. Though I never thought this was a realistic possibility. I used to muse, what if, when I was over there in Paris, there was some shift in the American government, some shift in our culture, that our country turned profoundly anti-Catholic and I was not allowed to return home. I loved Paris. I loved being there. I took it in with great enthusiasm. But I always knew I'd come home. It used to occur to me from time to time, what if I couldn't? That aching, that longing of the heart would take over. I think of my friend down the hall who faced just that situation. One of the most famous exiles in European history was Dante, the great medieval Italian poet. Dante was involved very heavily in the political life of his hometown of Florence. He was sent on a trip to Rome to make a political overture, negotiate a treaty, and while he was gone, his opponents took over. Dante found himself on the wrong side of the dispute. He was accused of treason. He was first sentenced to death. And then, in absentia, he was banished. Dante could not return home. And it broke his heart into a thousand pieces. Florence was everything to him. It was his whole life. And he never returned. He was blocked. Read the Divine Comedy, his great work, written while he was in exile. It's filled with nostalgia for Florence, filled with an aching and longing of the heart 
to come home. He's buried, you know, in Ravenna, where he died. Florence has made overtures to have his body returned to Florence, but people have said, no, no, it wouldn't be right. They didn't want him in life. They shouldn't have him in death. Exile. To feel the texture of that. Probably an alien experience for most people listening to me. But now listen to this from Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and wept, remembering Zion. On the poplars that grew there, we hung up our harps. They asked us, our captors, for songs. Sing to us, they said, one of Zion's songs. But how could we sing the song of the Lord on alien soil? I don't know about you, but those lines have always haunted me. Take out your Bible. Look at Psalm 137. That's the heartache. That's the cry of the soul coming from someone in exile. By the rivers of Babylon, far from home, there we sat, remembering Zion. Just the nostalgia of that line. The emotional, the poignancy of it. And their captors, those who had taken them away, those who were preventing their return, asked us, they had the gall to ask us to sing one of Zion's songs. How could we do it? And then it concludes, If I forget you, Lord, let my right hand wither. If I prize not Jerusalem above all my joys. The song of an exile. How central this theme of the Babylonian exile is to the whole Bible. Much of the Bible is written in the period just after the exile, and it's filled with the tonality of this time, that aching of the heart. God's chosen people, captured, carried away, unable to return home. It conditions so much of the Bible, the mood, the feel of it, the heartache of it. How they make sense of the exile? They tended to read it as a punishment for their sins. How could God's chosen people be carried away? How could they be kept captive far from home? Their exile was read as a response to their sin. Because of their lack of fidelity to the covenant, they were punished. And God used powers like the Babylonians, like the Assyrians, to punish them. But then, that's never where the story ends. There is always within the Hebrew Scriptures, especially in the Psalms, especially in the Prophets, there's always this sense of God will bring us back. God is not satisfied with the exile of His people. God wants to draw them home. And now this is what we hear in our first reading for this Sunday of Advent, from the prophet Baruch. Baruch was Jeremiah's assistant, his secretary, if you will. It might have been Baruch who actually wrote out the words to the book of the prophet Jeremiah. But Baruch writes his own text, too. And we read from it in today's liturgy. Listen to what he says. Up, Jerusalem... Stand upon the heights, look to the east, 
And see your children gathered at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that they are remembered by God. This is Baruch now speaking from Babylon. He's among those who sit by the rivers of Babylon, weeping and remembering Zion. But yet, with, its, with his prophet's eyes, he sees something. He sees that they will return through God's grace to Jerusalem. And so he calls out across the desert to the holy city, Stand up, Jerusalem. Stand up. Look to the east. Look to Babylon and see your children coming home. They must have felt abandoned by God, by the rivers of Babylon. Oh, a bit like my friend in Paris, in exile. Probably like Dante when he was exiled from Florence. They must have felt abandoned. But Baruch says, no. God has punished you, but God will call you home. Listen to this now as he goes on. For God has commanded that every lofty mountain be made low, and that the age-old depths and gorges be filled to level ground, that Israel may advance secure in the glory of God. There's that great biblical trope of the leveling out of the mountains and the filling in of the valleys. You see what it means? God is going to build a highway for His people to facilitate their return to the holy city. Just as long before, God carved a path in the Red Sea. Now He's going to knock down the mountains and fill in the valleys that He might create a highway for His people to return. And so they did, through God's grace. So Israel returned to Zion. Against that background, with all those feelings of exile and the feeling of the joy of return, look now at the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from Luke. He begins this passage by mentioning all the major representatives of the powers that were oppressing Israel at the time. He mentions Tiberius Caesar, the king of the world. Pontius Pilate, his local representative. Herod and his brother Philip, they were Roman puppets. Annas and Caiaphas, the high priests, they were Roman collaborators. All these forces, in other words, were oppressing Israel as once the Babylonians had. All these forces were compelling Israel into a kind of spiritual exile. But listen now how art artfully this passage is composed. After mentioning all these high and mighty figures, all these oppressors of Israel, Luke says, the Word of God came, but not to them. It came to this odd figure in the Judean desert, this strange and obscure prophet called John. God spoke His Word not to the oppressors of Israel, not to those who were keeping them in exile, but He spoke to a prophet and He spoke to him a word of liberation. As John speaks this message, he speaks of the coming of the Messiah. Who's the Messiah? The one 
who will definitively solve the problem of exile. Political exile, yes. Geographical exile, yes. The Israelites experience those. But in the most fundamental sense, exile means exile from the homeland of Zion. That means from God's ways. From God's purposes. Friends, in their sin, they were held captive. In our sin, we are held captive. We sit in our sin by the rivers of Babylon, and there we sit and weep, remembering Zion. That's the state of all of us. All of us are in our sin exiles, heartbroken, far from home. But what's the good news? In Jesus Christ, we find the way back. And that's why John the Baptist, echoing the words of Isaiah the prophet and of Baruch the prophet, says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight His paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill made low. The winding road shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. He's saying the same thing Baruch did. God is building a highway. A highway to facilitate our return. You know who that highway is? It's Jesus Christ. Because on Him we will travel back to God. And so, fellow exiles, fellow sinners, rejoice because the way home has appeared. Prepare the way of the Lord. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.